0: Welcome, guys, to the MMOs.com podcast. This is episode 89 now, and this is Altai, joined this week by... Omer. Gumbel. Matt.
1: Sure, Alia. All right. You, you messed it up, Matt. You were slow. A little
2: slow. Yeah, sorry. I forgot that I was on push to talk. You, It was a little bit of lag, all right? You can't, <laughs> you can't, can't, can't blame me <laughs> for lag.
3: Ag. At least you remembered.
2: That's true. That's true. But we have a lot of fun stuff to cover this week. And uh, before we get to any of those, we got to talk about that weekly raid. Take it away, Gumby. That raid. That raid. Okay.
3: This week is actually inspired by a conversation I was not privy to between Shu and Omer. Uh, but it's basically about moments when you're playing a game. You know, that moment when you're playing something and you realize, oh man, I'm having fun. So we're asking everyone today, you know, what was that specific moment? And maybe there wasn't one for you. Maybe this doesn't work for everybody, but I know I can think of one, and I talk about it in the body of the article here, which is Rust. Uh, back in the day, back when Rust had first come out, when they still had zombies, I remember my friend talked to me into playing it. I was a little reluctant, and there was a moment I was in the woods. I had a bow and arrow, and uh, I fired it off at someone running, and I fucking, I nailed him. I shot him right in the head, and I thought, wow uh, th- that was a ton of fun and i i stepped back from the experience and i thought yeah russ is a fun game i'm having fun mm-hmm. and i think sometimes we're playing something you know we're not always sold right away well so i said that weird and then uh and then you know it takes something it takes a story a narrative a moment for you to really be sold in the game so what, what do you, have you guys ever had that that eureka euphoric serendipitous moment
2: Mm-hmm. I will. I will seize this because I had several of those moments, and I'll. I'll keep it to more because I think with MRPGs, that moment doesn't come right away. With other games like any F P S game or mobas, like kind of you start having fun from the beginning because it's a really gameplay centric uh, titles. Whereas mobas are just more than just the the core gameplay. So, for Blade and Soul, I, I I was playing Blade and Soul only because like she was playing, a couple of my friends were playing. But I wasn't really having a lot of fun at the beginning. And I don't think anyone is really gonna have fun with Blade and Soul immediately and it goes for any, any MRPG. But there was a moment I was streaming Blade and Soul. I found I, I walked this this like this side dungeon. Forgot where it was, it was like a cave. And there was this there was this boss to fight over there. I was like level 30, I think, or maybe 20, 25 or so. And when I was fighting this boss, I kept wiping and I was like, why can't I beat this boss? I'm like, maybe I gotta do it with friends, but maybe I'll keep trying, maybe I'll beat it eventually. So I was streaming, and I for an hour and a half or so, two hours, I was fighting this boss, and I kept wiping. And I was just nonstop going to keep trying until I beat this boss. And one time, I turn on... And at my last time, I'm like, all right, I'm going to do it this time for realsies. I turn on Eye of the Tiger, and I freaking fight that boss, and my my hands are shaking. I got to like, 10% HP. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get it this time. I'm going to freaking get it. And I finally kill him, and I literally just, just slam my keyboard on the ground, and, like, I jump up in joy, all right? That moment... From that moment on... I was having fun in Blade & Soul because it wasn't until that moment that I felt challenged. Uh, the rest of the game, I could face roll with my eyes closed and nothing was challenging. But this boss, it took me two hours, an hour and a half or so, up to two hours of playing until I can beat him. I mean, it was, it was, it was a bit because I kind of sucked because I never had to learn the game until that point. But from, that on, from then on, I learned the game and I had so much more fun with Blade & Soul from then onward. That was my moment of fun in Blade and & Soul and it was amazing.
1: It's like the same same moment as you guys were talking about in uh, Blast, right? Just the difficulty. I
2: I had fun in Blast least for for that for sure, yeah.
0: We never really uh, overcame that one in Blast yet.
2: Unfortunately, no. yeah.
0: All right, so uh,
4: I think the most obvious one is. Uh, I think the moment that I realized I was having fun in Black Desert was, like, the moment that I figured out the node system and how it worked and, like, how it was going to affect trade and all that. And I'm just sitting there like, holy shit, this has more depth than
0: I thought it did. And I think it's that simple. But, yeah. Uh, I have a non-MMO one. Uh, You said earlier, you don't really think it, it counts as much, or at least you don't notice right away Yeah. in MMOs, whereas in other games you do or you don't. Yeah. I don't know. That's not really true. I remember uh, playing Counter-Strike. There were 1.6, or even before 1.6, uh, land at our basement. And I remember, you know, we had like three on three, four on four games in our basement, right? And, you know, we played plenty of shooters before that. But I remember yeah. certain scenes, like the scenarios in Counter-Strike, where imagine you're the last one left on your team. Everyone is standing behind you who's dead, right? And it's you against, like, the whole team. Yeah, and 99% of the time, you lose, right? But that one yeah. time out of 100 where you kill the whole team, and everyone behind you, like, yeah, oh, my God. Like, that really, you know, clinched it for me, Uh, for Counter-Strike, at least. Yeah, I
2: mean, it makes sense. But the only reason I said that was because MMORPGs in particular, I think we can all agree, like, you have to, like, learn to like them after a while. I don't mm-hmm. think any M R P G is fun in the first couple hours. I've never had an M R P G where I was like, this oh, is fun. the speech. Yeah, it just, that, that's how the genre works for me. That's the way it works but, now. But I don't think it was true on your first one. No, th- that was true. Oh, yes, it was. Come on. Really? It was true regardless. All right. Don't strawman me, me,
3: bro. No. St-
2: <laughs> I have another example too. If uh, somebody doesn't want to chime in, sure. You want? You want any any good stories you want to share?
1: Um, I mean, we shared most of them on the the show last night. I mean, oh, not God. last night. <laughs> I'm, I'm that sleepy. Okay, it was it was a Saturday. We Saturday? Was it Saturday? Yes. Yes. So if you guys like don't know, we have a show on Saturday where we just talk about. A little bit more focus on a specific topic and we talked a lot about this and then I talked a lot about like Mobinoki, but um oh uh, let me see I have a different one actually um I bet it. take it elite, away elite dangerous all right I, 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 all I right. felt that moment in elite dangerous just because it was just a sense of wonder and exploration something that I don't really feel in a lot of MMOs anymore I used to feel that it used to be kind of like that in like with the world of Warcraft era I guess but now a lot of games are just kind of one track, you know, really.
5: So what, what
2: about Elite Dangerous that made you feel that? Just like as soon as you log in to Sensor Wonderland? As soon
1: as you log in, it's like, here's the galaxy, do whatever you want. There's no, like, quest line or anything. It's just you're in this world. And, and just the fact that um knowing that a lot of these places are, like, have not have never been seen by other players ever. That's crazy.
2: That's so, crazy. wow, you actually got that right away. That's impressive for an yeah. MO.
1: It's, it's crazy. It's like
2: mm-hmm.
1: everything's so uh, – well, I don't know. Maybe I played in VR, so maybe it's not fair, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: um, I, I have another one that's not really combat-related because I think most of our st- – I mean, Matt had the note thing in Black Desert, which is good too because I think the note system was awesome in Black Desert. I mean, I didn't know what the frick how it worked at all until Gumby explained it in his video. But for me, in Final Fantasy XIV, it was not the combat that had me interested in the game. I was kind of just chugging along playing mindlessly without thinking too much about it until I actually saw, like, the free company house uh, that Shu had in the game. And when I saw the way the game's housing worked, I was instantly like, holy shit, this is really cool. This, like, persistent housing zone, the houses look amazing, the customization is really cool. Oh, shit, there's large houses, too? Let's check those out. So I checked out all these cool houses in the game, like, holy crap, I'm gonna get a goddamn large house. So from then on, I was motivated to, like, get money in the game to buy a large house. And from that moment on, I was having fun in Final Fantasy fourteen. Because prior to that, I had no goal. So... That triggered like a goal in my mind, like I have to get this. And when you have that feeling of having to get something, it makes MMORPGs, I think, much more fun. I think a lot of games don't do a good job of that, which is why I think we've seen a lot. We've seen a lot of games kind of flop. So that drove drove me in FF14. I-, I ended up getting the house, which is awesome. And now I need a new goal in the game because I don't really have another goal right now. So that's kind of you know having a little iffy about it. But that's what made me a lot of fun in Final Fantasy 14.
3: All right. And if our audience, if you guys want to share, I know I've seen a whole bunch in chat here. A lot of people talk about the atmosphere being what sells the money game. Uh, clutch plays, like what Erhan brought up, which I think everyone can relate to when your team <laughs> overcomes you know, the defying odds, which happens in Overwatch. Actually, that's what I think what sold me on Overwatch overall. And of course, the famous, uh, it's 3am and I'm still playing Civilization moment, which I know I've had, and I think Shu has had too. Uh, yeah. And you spent, you're like five more turns and you spent six hours playing um that that's that's both that's both a oh man what am i doing and uh and a eureka moment
0: yeah.
3: all right yeah, I, leave us a comment uh if you uh want to share the site i'll post the link one more time
0: i got the opposite of this too so what was the hmm. moment really? where you're playing a game for hours you know because your friends are playing whatever you're playing and then you kind of you finally realize i'm not having fun and you just close <laughs> it and you walk away forever <laughs> Maybe we'll point. say I that. for we'll, we'll next week, bit. maybe, if you guys want. I know. I can give you. One. I, I, I like like can
2: Let's give some. Let's let's talk about a couple right now. Okay. If you got, okay. them. If you got them, share them.
3: All right, I'll start, I guess. Uh, World of Warcraft Legion. I uh, I had played it. I hit seventy,
5: mm-hmm.
3: and as soon as I hit seventy, and I realized I had to grind up my artifact weapon, I I remember thinking to myself. No, I'm not doing this. This is dumb. And, and I, as soon as I realized what I had to do, grinding dungeons and powering on my artifact weapon and kind of picking which talent tree I wanted to follow for my character, I was done. I didn't want to be locked in. and I, enjoy, I enjoyed the leveling process much more than the, than the end game.
4: I think uh, I had a moment when. Um... Oh, shit. APB went free to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, before, I had kind of enjoyed it, but like the moment it went free to play and I tried it again, um, I was on my like fifth mission, like 2v2, and I had myself and who I had been playing with got wrecked like every single time. And I think that was the moment I'm like, this is too much about gear. I don't like this anymore. Like, how the fuck am I supposed to get through this? This is all PvP and I'm getting wrecked on every single one of these missions like there's no way i'm gonna like, progress at any rate at all so, um,
2: so the gear so the, the gear ruined it for you because it's yeah. better gear than you all
4: right but i mean th- there was no sort of matching system or anything you were just thrown into a match with other people that may be much better off than you are
2: that is really bad matchmaking right
5: mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> hmm
2: I've had, like, I'm trying to think of an example, but the only example I can think of is really Burnout. It doesn't really count, though, because you play a game so much, you get kind of burnt out of it. <laughs> so that, that, maybe that doesn't apply. But I think a few times I was like, all right, I'm done with this shitty Clash Royale game. It's fucking pay to win, right? But, like, I kind of came back to it anyway because it's that moment where, like, you're playing against somebody that's, like, three levels higher than you and they they just do more damage and their units are just better than you. And the sense of unfairness. I think when when you when you, when you feel like the game is just unfair, it can turn you off a lot. Uh, first, it it didn't bo- it doesn't bother me too many more but but bothered me in, in in Clash Royale at one point. Try to think if there's any more examples where the, the pay to win element really bothered me. I had, no, I, yeah.
1: <clears throat> I had kind of the same thing as you just but it feels so unfair. Mm-hmm. It feels like it feels like what you do doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um and that's the reason why I left Blade and Soul for example, right? Mhm. So, give you an example for
2: that too cuz you, you played at a, at a period uh when the game just launched in America.
1: Oh, I've, I've talked about this a lot, but uh, I'll go into it again. Very quick. Um, it, it, pretty much, I really liked PvP in Blade and Soul. And, um, I, actually, I liked everything in Blade and Soul, but uh, there was a class called the Summoner that was just OP in every aspect of the game. And I felt that um, my effort didn't matter because I could just be playing a Summoner. And mm-hmm. and that really kills it for me.
5: All right. Yeah.
1: That that or or if the game is just so incredibly unplayable, those are like the two, two things
5: for me. But, really, but here's
2: the thing: almost, I feel like the whole fairness thing. It does. I don't know. For me, I, I actually play games that are stupidly unfair. Like that, I actually played. Uh, uh he was with people on Discord earlier, and and I had fun, even though the game was stupid but, unfair. But,
1: don't get me wrong, though. Like, um, unfairness it, so I have a high tolerance for unfairness. If Everyone's got
2: their tolerance. Everyone know about
1: what tolerance. I play. I, I mm-hmm. played this I played that summer of you know what I'm saying. Yeah. But uh, for some reason in Blade and Soul it was just so bad. It was so bad. It was like in your face all the time. Mhm. And like there were, there were cases where I would I would fight against a, a summoner. I would outplay him like so hard and then he would just kill me. Right. right and it was just like I was just like oh my god and it just makes you anytime that you feel like what you do doesn't matter that kills mm-hmm. it from you like instantly if, if that fair. happens so
2: that's fair but yeah uh, sherry's stories on that weekly raid and let's take you to an interesting story that Matt actually just broke so Matt I'm gonna toss it to you and we literally Matt discovered this like a couple hours before we the podcast before we went live over here so take it away Matt
4: Alright, so uh, you guys know how Arc is slowly becoming a franchise in China, if you've been mm-hmm. keeping up with the site. You know, there's PixArk, there's ArcGo, Go, and I forgot to mention in the article, there's um, also Ark Park, the VR thing, mm-hmm. um, and all of these are being made by Snail Games, or in cooperation with Snail Games, and for a long time, we've all been wondering, why is it that Snail Games is taking all the Ark franchise and turning it into all these different games, and you know, they had the ARK survival evolved online thing, but that could have just been like a publishing agreement in mm-hmm. China. But they have all of these things that they're making. Well, it turns out that in December 2015, and no one caught this until yesterday when some people on Reddit caught it, um, because Trendy Entertainment, their owner, Insight, sued studio wildcard because of a non-compete clause because the guy who founded wildcard also founded trendy entertainment and there was something about giving them 20 percent of their whatever i i I don't really care about that part anyways um in december 2015 snail games usa had an affiliate named sde inc who bought studio wildcard so snail games owns studio wildcard and they They have for over a year
2: That's incredible that nobody even commented on this. This this is the state of of gaming journalism, guys, that we had like one of the biggest like PC games on Steam was acquired by a Chinese company who was also making Dark and Light, which everybody was kind of hype about. And nobody knew (coughs) that Ark was owned by Snell Games like this. This literally just came out and it's been a thing for like over a year.
0: I did not uh, know this until just now.
5: Yeah.
4: As as part of this, um, something that was uncovered recently, before this was uncovered, mm-hmm. was that Studio Wildcard is actually working on Dark and Light, and like the UI is basically the
2: UI from uh, Arc. That's it. So, how do you think this will this will affect uh, Arc going forward? Because with Dark and Light launching, do you think isn't it weird that Snell Games will essentially own Dark and Light and Arc, and both games compete with each other in the same genre and with similar UI?
4: I think that, uh, I think they're gonna be different enough I think Arc is going to be for the like survival game purist whereas dark and light is going to be for people who want more of an RPG experience
3: yeah I agree with Matt I don't think they're going to be directly competing I think there's the Venn diagram will cross between the two but I remember Arc has a 61,000 player 24 hour peak that's amazing. I, think, I, I don't think Arc <laughs> is, is in any danger uh, from dark and light I think dark and light has enough of a hype train behind it that uh, at least its launch will probably be successful
5: mm-hmm.
3: do we know- and i mean hmm. we also
4: have to keep in mind that arc is more of like a sci-fi dinosaur thing whereas dark and light is strictly fantasy right and i mean setting we've we've known from past experience that setting is a big thing for people so just that difference is going to put them in two different categories
3: but isn't it? I find it funny that uh, I'm already seeing stuff like, oh, oh, so Dark and Light, Dark and Light is just a reskinned Arc. You know, the comparisons are going to start coming out. I think this week, once people find out. Yes. Once this story spreads,
0: you're going to hear everyone say, oh, well, Dark and Light now is just reskinned Arc. Do we know yeah. if Dark and Light is coming out in China first, or is a global launch?
4: We have no idea. We we yeah. don't know
0: anything. Because I think it's more fair to say that Dark and Light is perhaps Arc reimagined with the Chinese market in mind first that's not to say it won't it's come a, out in the west it, might... totally,
2: hmm? it is a totally different game though it's, it's got much more rpg elements
0: right because in and china that's a bigger you know maybe china. yeah and here,
4: here's the other thing though like um arc is huge in china right now so even if they design this with a chinese market in mind arc survival evolved the yeah. free-to-play version in china i mean it exploded the moment it came out every single server that they put on was overloaded with people. And, I mean, it's a 100-gig download in China for some reason. Holy and crap. it still was overloaded with people. I mean, <laughs> it filled up. I mean, I was reading forum posts on the Snail Games forums. It's huge. And, I mean, I. it's going to be more of a detriment to Dark and Light than anything because they're the same company, so they're going to want both of them to do well. But because Arc came first, Arc is so incredibly popular. Dark and Light is going to have a hard time cutting into its market rather than the other way around.
2: But uh, Why do you guys think um, Snail Games tried to keep this hidden? Because it was very clearly they didn't want it, people to know about this because they didn't announce it at all and when they mentioned the, public, the publishing agreement with uh, ARK in China, they said we partnered with them to publish their games. They didn't say we bought them. That was completely like hidden.
4: Okay, hold on a second. I got to find a comment I saw earlier by the founder of Studio Wildcard. This is actually kind of funny. So... Mm. They, they hit it, right? Mm-hmm. But um, as soon as this one guy compiled all the information, the guy responds, uh, you, sir, are a sharp writer and researcher. I'll add a couple of brief points. Um, and then he added the thing about Trendy, and then it's, Snail is a truly awesome partner, the best kind, certainly all is well over here, and we'll have a lot more official news about our plans upcoming at GDC. Completing ARC, Survival Evolved, and making it a satisfying start to end adventure. And that's it wow. i mean he just went you sure sh- you sir are a sharp writer and researcher so i mean he it basically wasn't confirmed like, it yeah yeah so it, it wasn't publicate like published but i i don't know that they really wanted to specifically hide it it just kind of happened maybe
0: I, yeah. I don't know that sounds right they just didn't advertise it but they didn't hide it
2: all right that's fair but uh actually the, the way this story unfolded was uh uh the guy who made arc survival evolved he worked at a company in the past and after I guess he so he left his company he signed a non-compete agreement for five years and then he said and then he, he said can we get that five year down to one year and they said uh, yeah no problem but here's the rule if you make if you work at another gaming company or make another gaming company we get 20% He's he said yeah sure whatever he signed it and that's where that's why the lawsuit came about these, these are all in court documents when the, the company his previous company is suing him now saying you owe us 20 percent of uh, of Arc so- uh, yeah. what's
4: funny is this lawsuit has been going on for a while but it wasn't until recently like within the past month or so yeah. that new florida court documents unveiled the uh identity of the owner of studio wildcard mm-hmm. incredible
0: stuff nice nice <laughs> somebody
2: mentioned ashes of creation oh no terrific life we talked about ashes of creation in quite a bit of in quite a bit of the uh, last last week. So if you if you missed our Ash of Creation bit, definitely check out last week's podcast. We had a a fun segment on Ash of Creation. <laughs> and uh actually should we let's let let let's go to a uh, our, our digital CCG segment because we had a lot of uh link backs on this one. It was a bit of an interesting story. So I sent my brother the slide deck, so if you can go ahead and show that on the stream.
0: Uno Minito.
2: Uh, essentially, we got the full SuperData research article from um, from SuperData on the biggest card games, digital card games uh, in the world. So these are games like Hearthstone, obviously. So I know Go I wrote ahead, an article you think on, about this. I wrote, I wrote I wrote an article on Hearthstone being the biggest game. So the news here is that Hearthstone made $395 dollars in twenty sixteen, which is a crazy amount of money, obviously. And then the number two highest grossing revenue game. In the world, card game was a uh, Shadowverse, which is a big surprise to a lot of people. I mean, it's it came out in the middle of twenty sixteen, and it managed to grab about hundred million dollars in revenue. But here's the it's fun crazy. question: here's the fun question for you guys. What do you think is number three, four, five, six, and seven on that list? Can you guess any of the of, other titles on this list of the biggest card games?
1: Is <laughs> mm. it a trick question, though? Is it actually a TCG, or is it
2: like some? It's CCG? No, no, it's not a, a trick CCG. question. These are these are real. You know, these are games like I'll uh, say, I'll say they're
0: chi- A- Asian mobile ones that we don't he- we haven't heard about. One of them's gonna be some like, type of mobile poker. Like Rise no, of the Behemoth. Rise of the, of the Behemoth or something. Some crazy No, that's
2: that's not up there. Okay. They're actually not Asian. Well, well some of them are Asian, but they're they're all names you should be familiar with. Except there's no way.
4: Gwent isn't out yet. It can't be on this list. It's in Post Beta.
5: Hmm.
2: It's
4: magic, right. somebody in the chat got it.
2: Somebody in the chat got it actually. Yu-Gi-Oh? Oh, Pokemon? No, Yu-Gi-Oh! Are Duel you? Links is actually number four <laughs> on this list. If you scroll wow. down, just show off the whole list now. If you scroll okay. down to the top digital CCGs of 2016. Oh, wow, nice. Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Link made $23.9 million. Uh About number three, have you guys ever heard of WWE Supercard? No. I literally have no idea what this is. Is it Worldwide Wrestling, maybe? Yeah, it is. Is that
5: like, is yeah. that
1: like a waifu collector? But with...
3: Is it waifu collector <laughs> with wrestlers or That's what Yeah. <laughs> But I think they need literally... to show off WWE Super Wait, cover. Magic
4: the Gathering Online is still in the top, like, yeah.
3: five? Yeah, it's what? insane.
4: The one from 2001
3: or whatever? People still play, yeah. Jesus Christ. I guess yeah. wrestling is still insanely popular, too. Look at this wrestling game. Did you got... Who knew
2: this was so popular? This is the third highest grossing game after Hearthstone and Shadowverse in the digital CCG market.
4: Look at the drop-off, not... though. In terms of uh, revenue.
2: Yeah. Basically, one and two take up all the revenue, and the rest kind of fight for scraps. But, guys, this is why we're seeing everyone make card games. This is why Smite's doing it, Gwent, Elder Scrolls, RuneScape did it. Everyone is making card games because they're like, holy shit, Hearthstone is making $400 million a year? we got to get in on that. So that's why everyone is jumping in now. And it's cool to see actual numbers now behind some of these games. Uh, Typically, these numbers are hidden behind a paywall. And these reports cost, like, thousands of dollars. But for some reason, SuperData's like, here, take it. I'm like, okay, cool. Are we, are we okay to share this, though? I, they didn't say we couldn't share it, so. I, I made sure to check their email. They didn't say we
0: couldn't share it, well, so. share it anyway. <laughs> we got it now. It's too late anyway. We're good. You guys got some privileged information. You each owe us $1,000 now for seeing this. Uh, you won't get this anywhere else. Yeah, so, actually, no, we, every other site linked to us because we're the only ones that had it. I'm, I'm
2: glad they sent it to us. But actually, there's a lot of cool information in here if you want to scroll down slowly. I mean, notably, Hearthstone makes uh, dependably over $25 million every month. You can see how much money Hearthstone makes with every expansion since its launch. And you can see how much is divisible by mobile and PC as well. They're actually close to Mm 50-50. So you would think mobile would be everything. But no, desktop is still huge. Another cool thing is it shows you the, the market size. I think most of you guys know from watching our podcast that MMORPGs and MMOs and video games in general are much bigger in China, PC games and mobile games than America. But when you look at uh, CCGs, actually in North America and the Asian split are about even. I mean, the Asian market gets about 11.6 million, America gets 10.6 million. That's insane. That like it's so close, you know. Whereas with MMORPGs, Asia is probably like six times bigger.
3: Can I point out that Latin America is bigger than Europe?
2: That's nuts too. I, I, yeah, you're right. Latin America loves their card games. They're digital
0: card game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all digital. Yep. It's interesting. I've never, actually never seen the numbers for the physical card game market share or size until mm-hmm. this graph. So that's pretty cool. Um, it kind of shows you how small it is. You know, in in every market basically, um, digital has surpassed uh, physical card games, except for Europe where they're dead even. Uh, these reports typically cost like three
2: thousand dollars, which is the reason nobody gets them. If you look up page seventeen, I thought that was really cool too. Uh, it looks at the actual people that spend money. So everyone, you know, that you know, typically that plays card games, these Tarstone, shadowverse whatnot, seven point six percent have spent money on on the games, and, and on I average, and, and on average they spend thirty four dollars <laughs> and twenty two cents. Obviously, shit, we know you have. So I let's haven't
1: take, spent any money at let, all.
2: Let's, let's take a know. let's take a round call. Once. Who has spent money on a digital card game? Whether it's Hearthstone or Shadowverse. I have. I have. I spent like I spent like <laughs> five yeah. bucks on Hearthstone. Five
0: bucks on Hearthstone, for the starter pack or whatever.
1: Oh, jeez, that's
0: it. I don't <laughs> think I have. Gumby, you? Yeah, I
2: spent twenty on Shadowverse. There you go. Uh, Shio, you, you, don't, you don't have to disclose your number. It's okay. Uh,
1: thank you. I
2: appreciate it. I appreciate it. <laughs> I Appreciate the non But they spent. You know, the cool thing over here too was um. Ah, uh, the number of people that spend money is actually more than other genres. If you look at uh, the footnote on that page, uh, PC MOBAs, like League of Legends, uh, only seven point three percent spend money, and on average, they spend twenty two dollars and fifty cents a month. So the people that you know that's play League and dota and stuff, on average, the, the people that do spend money, they spend twenty two dollars and fifty cents every single month. So these are really cool this is a really cool day that we previously didn't have access to, and it gives you an idea like what kind of how much money people do spend on these games. Um, so we know about heart we know about, uh, Card games, MOBAs, and there's also the the strategy builders down there, and those make a bit more money at thirty
0: four dollars and seventy cents. Wow! So you're telling me seven percent of League players are paying more than a WoW subscription a month yeah. to play yeah. League of Legends, which is free for the other ninety three percent of players. Yeah, that that that's exactly what I'm saying. That's I a sucker really burn really every minute. It.
2: League made like one point, over one point five billion last year, so that's crazy. I'm actually surprised the number's that low because I think, you know, we all know people that play League If you play League that always buy the legendary skins on launch that have so many skins So I'm surprised the numbers that actually higher.
3: No, I was looking for your data we had some data that showed how once a person makes one cash shop right one cash shop purchase They're likely to spend X amount of money over the course of the next three months. yeah and I, I can't find it now, but I believe it was something like if they if they make one cash shop purchase in a game over the course of the next three months, their Lila spent was it 50 or 500? It was one of the other.
5: Uh, it, actually, I have
2: the I have the data because I actually communicated with Area Games a long time ago, mm-hmm. and they were actually I think do trying to do some revenue share deals. So they actually told me that the I'm not sure if it was Area or another big MRPG publisher, but they said the average revenue per paying user over the life over like eight months they spend even a dollar, on average, they will spend like $700 over oh. the next like over the next like 12 months. So like if, if if they get you for a penny, they on average will get you for like $700. And I think we can all understand why. You know, you, you, you see most of these games are kind of designed to milk you for more and more money. I mean, with the item upgrade systems and you know, stuff like that, they really do try to milk you. So once they get you for a little nibble, they bite the whole thing. All right. That's why these, guys- these companies make a lot of money.
1: Do you guys want a terrible, a terrible uh, story in regards yeah. to this?
0: Go I for to, it. Yes, go ahead, please.
1: It's only one sentence. <clears throat> I spent 150 on Sora Online.
0: No,
2: uh, <laughs> You just got the game last week.
1: <laughs> I, did. Uh, I did. I bought get... once. I was like, I was like, oh, look at that. They have a a bonus, a bo- bonus. Um... Was it mm. first-time buyer bonus, right? So I was like, oh, nice. So I clicked that, right? And mm. I started playing, and I was like, man, this game is this game is really good. I like it. I'm impressed, right? I'm, mm. I I told you. I, I, I've I yeah, been like talking it, yeah. about how impressed I am with the gameplay. And so on. I was like, I really like it. It's like, now now I want the waifu, you know? And so, you know, I, I, I rolled with the, the free stuff, right? And I didn't get anything. And I was like, fuck, I'm due for something, baby. So. <laughs>
2: They got you. I
1: went in. Payment information's already saved. I clicked it, and oh my god. <laughs>
2: That's and the thing about those card going. games. I mean, the mo- mobile especially. It's so easy to spend money. You know, especially with an iPhone, you just scan your fingerprint. Boom, your money's gone. All right. It's like oh, you sure want to spend. Boom, click done. You know, there's it's, there's no like confirmations, done. They get you. For,
1: for the record, I got it. And then for the new event that just came out yesterday, one roll, baby, one roll. <laughs> I got, I got, I got the waifu. But uh. Yeah, I mean, I I, I agree. Uh, Fg three thousand, it's a very solid mobile game. So I don't feel as bad.
5: Right.
0: Yeah. I, I have an issue with the game, not not the gameplay itself. You're right. It could be good. Um, but uh-huh. the fact that it's sword art, it really kind of disappoints me because when I, I did watch the show, I'm not an anime purist, so I thought it was a pretty okay show. Okay. But the okay. idea, the VR MMO, right? Like you're in this like, I'm like, oh my god, that's so cool. That's the future. Like, that's the next step in this, you know, in the genre. And instead yeah. instead of getting that. Now that we have VR, you know what we got? We got a mobile game. But obviously, the, the technology doesn't it. exist yet. You I know want, you wanted you want it real sword art. Come on. No, get no, no, no. I was I was hoping for it at some point in the future. Right? There's no
1: money in that. I
0: get yeah. that. I get that. But I'm just saying, like the fact that it's a mobile side scroller. You know, how
1: does that how does that ruin the game for you? Like like for yeah. a, for a mobile side scroller, it's really good yes, actually. But every
0: time I see it, I think of what <laughs> could be in the you know like what we don't have. Like,
1: you know what that game has? You know what that game has is missing in a lot of games? Something that O'Mara has been talking about for the last week. You wipe in that game. It's crazy, right? You, you wipe, and it it makes you like, I fought the same boss for like an hour trying to beat him because I really wanted to. <laughs> and that that kind of feeling is great. And, when, and then that time when you do beat it, it feels really good.
2: Yeah, I agree. Overcoming that difficulty always feels great in games. Like, I think a lot of new games do miss that. <laughs> Well, uh, I guess let, let's cover one more thing on here. Look at page 20. I thought that was kind of cool, too. These are the reasons why people leave games. And I think I think this is actually pretty cool because I think this can apply to not just CCGs. This, this can apply to any MMO, really, and basically any video game. Obviously, this report is on CCGs, but this is this is pretty universal information. Uh, the number one reason I think is pretty easily guessable. If, if you guys didn't see it yet, do you, you guys want to guess? I mean, I saw They're- it. So, I just saw it
3: too, so it doesn't even count. But oh, yeah, I, it's I so obvious, it. I wouldn't even. I wouldn't even think
2: yeah, about it. Th- the answer was they got bored. Okay, that's the reason most people leave their 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 CCGs. And again, this applies, I think, to every game.
4: Uh, those numbers don't add up.
2: I know, they don't. Have, uh, there, there is a me- methodology for it, though. I guess I'm, I'm sure that there's there's a way they did it. But I'm one thing I'm surprised about here is um that friends Stop playing it was actually a bit lower. You know, I figure in a lot of these games you play because your friends play. I'm surprised that wasn't a little bit higher up on the list.
3: Unless people just don't justify it to themselves that way. Yeah, this is probably self-reported. I, th- I think, yeah, this is probably survey data. And I think a lot of people do stop for that reason. But, you know, they and them friends come to the consensus that the game is boring or something instead. And they don't realize that it's their, It's because their friends stop that they stop. Self-reported data is tough.
0: to. It's still interesting. I say. Like, for example, the toxic yeah. community, like that's always there. It's just that when they they don't mind it when they're not bored. But once they get bored, the next they might blame that. The, yeah, the yeah. next troll right. you know gets them to quit, you know, because they're already bored. Well, what about the last one? Too difficult or competitive? Do you think people are just like don't want to
2: admit that it was too hard for them? Because maybe some games are, you know, maybe maybe being difficult is not a big turnoff. You know, I feel like a lot of newer games in general go very easy on the difficulty curve, thinking that that's what players want.
5: Uh,
3: I don't know. I don't know either. That that one's weird for CCGs, I think. What I'm surprised isn't here is pay-to-win. For C, pay-to-win is not here. For all the crap, all the people that talk about pay-to-win elements, it is not one of the reasons, the self-reported reasons that people stop playing games, or at least for CCGs. Yeah,
2: but yeah, that's still. Is there anything unfair on here? Maybe uh, What's playing. You know what's not on so this all, game all game too- the games content? No, became too expensive is on there. Number three. Oh, yeah, there it is. There you go. That can be interpreted as pay to win.
3: Sure. That's true. <laughs> this is fun, though. Fun data. Screenshot yeah. this, uh, uh, viewers, if you want to save the data for yourself. This is a $3,000 slide, so go ahead and-
0: Yeah, these are a very piece of gold. <laughs> we got to milk this one. Guys, just
2: screenshot the slide and email it back to them saying, I want a refund of just this page. <laughs> ask, like, ask like, $200 back.
1: <laughs> that- I actually um I I quit I quit Shadowverse the other day. Oh yeah. Yeah.
2: What reason? What was your reason, Shu?
1: Done. Uh, the meta is not fun. It's too,
5: too So, dumb. How, would,
2: so how would that fall into here? Let's see. They updated and removed the feature of a card. Too difficult or competitive. Uh, saw all the game's content or bored. I don't know. Maybe updated, removed the feature that changes the meta.
1: Yeah, maybe. It's just it's just not fun. The 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 new meta is just kind of shit. It's like they drop mm-hmm. a Daria and then if they get lucky you lose.
5: <laughs>
1: it's even worse. Like like you know how I was complaining about Seraph.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <clears throat> it's even worse. Nice. It it happens on like turn five or some shit or turn four. It's retarded. All
2: right. I mean I have a one minor. I, I did I did my video for uh, Smite Tactics uh, first look video, and you know talk about talk about unfair. In my video, the guy dropped a three mana drop. And he summons a random card from my deck, and he, for three mana he summons a six-drop, and he gets on turn three, and there's literally nothing he can do to win at that point. The RNG yeah, what, is insane.
1: Why do people add shit like that to the, the game? It's like it's not sad, It's not that satisfying, honestly. Yeah.
2: Card games need RNG, but not that level of crazy. Not RNG yeah,
1: not crazy. that, not, not the level of like I draw a card, it's it's hmm. a single card, and if I happen to. Uh, Get the right draw off of it, you just insta lose. Like, nope. th- th- that's what that's what's the problem with Daria too. It's like, it's mm-hmm.
5: it's,
1: it's there's too much going on, and it just it, it fucks you in one one thing.
2: Alright. Oh, that's well, enough. Let's, enough let's talk game. about that. Let's talk uh, about that. What? Conan uh, Exiles. Uh, Conan Exiles. Yeah, I mean, we 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 played this last night. So, who wants to take it away?
3: Sure, I'll take it away. Right. So, uh, last night we did our. Conan Exiles launch stream, and during the day Matt and I happened to stream the game because uh, we're better than everyone else and uh, uh, Funcom, uh So we all got. I'm just kidding, but anyway, we played the game, and uh, while Matt and I played, it was nice and smooth. We were kind of just testing out the systems, and then last night we had the inevitable, uh, typical launch, which I think was unexpected. Uh, Conan Exiles, if you don't know, is sitting around 30,000 players right now. We all placed bets. I think I had the highest guess at 10,000. Uh, we were all wrong. So what happens was, uh, as we were playing, and we rolled in with uh, people in Discord who also had the game, uh, we experienced a lot of rubber banding, a lot of lag issues. And I think that was because this game has turned into an unexpected success for FunCov. and they actually released a statement today saying exactly that. So I'm sure they're all very happy. It's still suffering from a few issues, but I think overall, uh, despite certain um, fundamental, well, not maybe not fundamental, certain mechanical issues uh, that are there it is a Well done early access launch, and I think I said this yesterday if Codenexiles Exiles set the bar for the state of the game Being released into early access uh, the steam library wouldn't look like
5: shit.
3: <laughs> so uh, But I will say this if you at, at the surface level it is the typical survival game So unless you if you hate that genre you're not gonna like Codenexiles. Exiles you collect items you're gonna craft build yourself a hut, kill each other in terrible ways. But what makes it nice is the environment and the setting and certain background narrative devices going on. You know, you're a barbarian. What What's a better setting for uh, for a survival game? So I figure I guess we'll all kind of give our, our brief early access rough opinions here because we really haven't experienced the game fully yet. Maybe next week we can give a better evaluation.
1: Mm-hmm. Real quick, though, I, I have a question for you guys. All right. Do you, do you feel like Conan is... Giving us exactly what we want out of a survival game. We just want to be barbarian, like uncivilized, savage
5: Unhanded.
2: assholes. Yeah, yeah, of it's
5: course. Like,
1: oh, like, oh, like right, like it's uncensored, being an asshole. It's, it's like Rust, but way worse, right?
2: Yeah, because you can, yeah you can, I mean to go it's to like, expand like, on that. You literally have unbelievable gore. Like when somebody dies, like they're fuck, they they are cut in half. they're hit that their guy? limbs
1: you hit that guy mm. yesterday with the mall, and he and he just exploded. Like this top half, his top half was just gone, and it was just legs, yeah. and the legs just like fell over. I was like, holy shit.
2: The gore is insane in that game. All right, I mean, they they really take the the gore and adult themes to the next level. Because if you play a, a guy or a girl, you are literally full nude. You can see, you know, one hundred percent dick, and there's literally a, a dick slider. You know, you want a big dick, max it out. You want big boobs, max them out, and you get to see everything. It is it is real. You know, crazy bloody uh, survival game, and I think. I actually like the fact that it was full nude. Too many games dance around their stupid nudity thing, and like, well, it's okay to have all this crazy violence and murder, but you you show a, you show a tit and everybody goes crazy. But like, Conan doesn't give any fucks. You know, you can <laughs> see everything.
3: But That's why it works because it's Conan the Barbarian. It wouldn't work. It might not work in other environments, like say a science fiction setting, because in the Conan universe, you know, in a kind of barbaric nomadic universe, yeah, you're naked. So it fits, like nudity. Just for the sake of nudity, is kind of dumb. It's gotta fit in the in the place, like anything else.
0: But yeah, if you can rip
3: a guy in half and he shoots blood all over the place, what's the problem with a little bit of puke?
0: That's true. That's true. I I so like the the setting in this compared to games like Rust. I don't like in Rust, for example. You know, it's kind of cool when you have the axe, the bow and arrow. But then when you have like rocket launchers and his helicopters, I don't that, that turned me off. I kind of like the pure fantasy medieval setting. I agree. I agree with that. And
4: uh I'm really liking a lot of the extraneous systems. Like I like the RPG system that they have in place cuz <laughs> even early on like I think you might be able to eventually get all the skills. I'm not sure how it works, but early on you really have to coordinate with other players to make sure that everybody like has the complete skill set together. So you have like the guy that makes the armor, the guy that builds the houses, and I, the guy that makes the weapons i mean you you don't get enough skill points to put into everything so you really have to like pick and choose and then the stat points lets you customize your build a little bit so you can be tanky or you can be really
2: strong um and it, it then... could be
1: better but it's in the right direction
2: it's one of the only games that does that isn't it because most games give you access to either you find the recipes or you have access to all that stuff if you have the right ingredients whereas in conan exiles you have to actually level up. There are real RPG persistent elements in the game. You know, you can't make an iron sword to like level twelve. You know, it doesn't matter if you have got resources. You got to be minimum level twelve and meet certain uh, other talents that you have to learn beforehand. So specialization is definitely a, a big thing in the game.
0: Do you guys think and that's then, a good system versus like Rust, where it's more free? Uh, I like it. I like I mean, it, it too. Forces
4: interaction.
1: I like it more. Yeah.
0: I think, yes, it gives it more, like, uh, staying
2: power. Like, it gives you more com- commitment to your character. I think one of the it's... big complaints in Rust is there's no, like, you know, your character doesn't mean anything, you know. It's just there's no commitment or you're not investing in your character. And now in, in Conan Exiles, you are investing in your character.
1: It's, gonna, it's I'll just our... Oh, go ahead.
5: Sorry.
3: I don't know if I like it yet. I don't know if I like being locked into a particular playstyle. You know, if I'm going to invest my time into one character and then I decide, oh, I want to actually build something now, you know, maybe i want to play you know i'm actually not sure how that skill system works are we sure that you can't get unlock everything No, no You
2: even if even if you eventually can the point is you don't you know you, you get your points right one level at a time yeah
3: yeah i don't know i don't know yet how i feel about it but it's definitely at least it's a it's a it's new, different it's a different spin so and
4: and then uh also i just wanted to mention that i'm also liking the religion system because it adds another
2: thing that you have to
4: progress through slowly before we get um, on that
2: what did you think about the skill system Cause it, you were about to say oh, something.
1: I was going to say it's very cooperative, which is what, kind of what you talked about earlier. Yeah. And, and that adds a lot to me mm-hmm. because I, I like playing with other people. So, so Rust felt like a honestly lonely experience in, in, in a sense that <clears throat> there was no reason for me to ever interact with other people in a positive way. <laughs> right? Yep. Yeah.
2: That's true. I mean, you you
1: really are stronger in a group in this game. Whereas in Rust, you know, one dude with a fucking, you know, high-tier gun is just going to kill everyone,
3: so. <laughs> I do want to—we've been giving a lot of praise, so now I want to give it some criticism. Because you, right. you got to get from both sides. Yeah, that's fair. I think that Conan—and, you know, I don't want to have a debate or anything, this is just my early observation— I think the combat is a little too dull. I think the AI needs to be improved, the PvE AI needs some improvements. And even between people, I'm not seeing the skill-based system that some people are touting where you're actively dodging and parrying everything. <laughs> it just more it seems like button mashing at the moment. Mm-hmm. And I think what Code and Exiles made me realize is unless they can kind of make it, you know, as long as it improves over time, it's fine. But uh, a lot of survival games spoke are FPS-based, and there's a reason for that, and that's because in, an, in FPS combat, there's a guaranteed level of skill, which is how well can you aim, whereas in a melee combat system, you kind of just... Swing your dick around, and you know, if you're if you get more hits on the guy than the other one, you know, then you win. It doesn't it? Isn't yeah. as meaningful as pulling a shot across the map on someone else? And you know, maybe you know, we haven't experienced it enough, but that's, I and mean, you know, and for me, combat doesn't sell a game anyway. But so it, it so far, it's not it's not giving me the the wow the pow, uh, sensation yet.
1: Hey Gumby, I know you didn't want to really argue about it, but mm-hmm. I, I I I don't think it's quite fair what you're saying because um. Just the, the, the lag, it, it was unplayable. Like, we didn't well, really I played with Matt get... earlier.
3: Remember, I played on a lag free server Did you just play fighting against, against NPCs. Other no, but it was against the NPCs at least. And that's really what I brought up. Oh. So I really haven't had the chance to fight against. I,
1: mean, I, I feel like other you're not going to ha- have the skill based combat against NPCs in general, though, right? I, I mean, I guess unless oh, you're not? expecting reticles or something. No, um,
3: I mean, uh, I, I don't think so. <laughs> I'll just end it here. I don't want to, you know, we'll come back to it later. But one of the actions the NPCs do is they throw their arms in the air and shear as you're hammering them, and it just makes no sense. It makes no sense. <laughs> it's, it's really That's true. That's stupid. true. It makes no and, sense. And it's like it happens randomly. And the way you kind of get ganked and surrounded by enemies, it's more like they're just mobbing you. Mm. And the AI too is kind of retarded at the moment. Like uh, it, it just it, it feels like MMORPG uh, AI there. Or you run past the enemy, and if you're in its distance, you know, it just comes after you, chases you, whacks you a couple times, you run away, and. It's just—it's not enough variety. It's just smashing two two slabs of meat smashing into each other. So does the dodge
1: ever? (laughs) Did you ever try it? Like, did it it play for you ever? I just
3: tried it just now too, and even when I tried to dodge from the enemy, he was um, maybe it was due to some type of ping issue, but I dodged away and I still got hit. So The boxes are a little off, or you know,
2: early access. They get early
3: access. Yeah, no, but you know, I don't want to like just. I still like like the game a lot and I'm excited to keep playing it.
1: That's a fucking silver bullet, guys. Early Early access.
3: access. (laughs)
1: How dare Um, you how dare you should talk this game. It's an early access. Yeah,
5: no You
3: you should talk anything, it's okay.
4: And I wanted to go I wanted to go back to the religion system, so I am really liking it so far, basically. I chose Yog, so what I have to do is uh, eventually build an altar. And then I have to make this specific cleaver that's made out of, like, a jaw. It's, like, made out of someone's jaw. And you have to use that cleaver to cleave up dead human bodies. Then you take the, like, human flesh that you get from it that's, like, literally got light coming out from it in the icon. It's hilarious. You you take it back to the altar, and you cook it. And then you eat it. And then when you do that, you get favor for your god. And over time you will have to get like more favor and more favor and you can like upgrade your altar and stuff. and I think that adds another like really nice persistent element to the game. It's awesome.
1: It's like a, a quest that's always there pretty much you always yeah, have it's some really... kind of goal you know
0: I think in general, the game does a much better job than perhaps like previous entries in the survival genre of giving you direction. Uh, the, the levels and skill system, if nothing else, when I open up my window at level one, I can at least see everything that I can eventually craft and what I what level I got to be to get there. So I think a lot of games like Rust for me, uh, I didn't know what I was doing. I was just walking around naked. I didn't know what to do, how to do it, where to go. At least in this game, I have, okay, look, if I do this, I can unlock this, then I get this and I build this. It's kind of like a nice chain of uh, paths I can take.
3: Before we get off Code and Exiles, I want to point out this article was on the site it was written by uh Matt almost a almost over a year ago it was titled funcom facing financial troubles now we've just played funcom's latest entry i don't think funcom's facing financial troubles and uh, in the near at least for the foreseeable future uh, based on the success of and exiles
0: okay, tell me how many players
2: actually, are online guys i will give you an exact reason why uh, this is a success all right this is a this is a financial benchmark look at funcom stock price today the first business day after Conan Exiles launched. Their stock price is oh, up 37.2% in one day. Boy, I'm stupid. I didn't know they were public. They are public. So uh, their, their market cap is about a, is a billion uh, Norwegian kronor. So it went up like at least 300 million Norwegian kronor today. Well, that, That's sounds like added a, value.
3: that sounds like currency you would use in Conan Exiles. Kronor. kronor. <laughs> <laughs>
2: So that that they actually uh, their market cap went up about thirty six million dollars today. So the company is worth thirty six million dollars more today than it was yesterday, and the only difference was that Conan Exiles launched, and it launched with such a bang that the the financial markets noticed. So that's when you can really gauge if a game is successful or not, too, like how the markets react to it. All so and, wow, uh,
3: there are so many people renting private service right now. The website uh that hosts all the official servers is just been down all day so mmos.com is supposed to have an official server it's already bought and we're waiting for it to go up but uh they're so overwhelmed that this company ran out of server spots in the entire united states how they many slots
0: uh player slots can you have in the unofficial servers like the ones from that site i believe 70. okay i want to talk about one big negative for this game and it's, go ahead and this is for games in general today okay there was a game called battlefield 1942 it came out <laughs> in 2002, 15 years ago. Okay, that's ins- it's almost as old as Windows XP. Okay. Yeah, go see. ahead. This game had 64-player official servers. You know what you did? There's a server browser. You double-click, you got in, you play with 64 people. Why is it today that these servers cannot handle 70 people that they had to lower it um, just today <laughs> down to 40? So the servers are currently capped at 40 players.
4: Okay, you're missing a lot here. Okay, so first off. This has a persistent spawning element. It has a bunch of persistent buildings. Everything you do is like constantly being tracked by the server. Things can be destroyed. It has to know which ones are destroyed. It has to respawn them. It has to know where everything you've placed is, where you've dropped stuff.
2: It's a lot more variable. Ultima yeah, Online
5: had
0: that in 2000, 1998 or seven. Ultima Online wasn't running on one server. Okay. Well, whatever. Do the same thing. Have, you know, have the map you, you, cross. That's not practical. Why? Okay. Lines runs on multiple servers. If you, it's not
4: practical because you have player-hosted servers. No one's going to set up a multiple-server setup for one server.
2: Why doesn't devs do that then? Well, yeah, it doesn't matter if it's if it's, well, ba- if it's virtualized in the back end by a
4: company. Who cares? The devs are running it through a third party, probably to offload some of the cost. Yeah, that's I, why they aren't doing it. Like I don't that. see
0: how that matters though. No, no, he
2: oh, I, I, I understand what Matt's saying too. I understand. What, my, my, I'm taking the middle ground here. It is. I think it's a little inexcusable that in 2016, 2017, I was gonna say 2016, that you know, servers can't hold 70 players. It's early access still, and obviously this game is infinitely more complex than Battlefield 1942. Okay, think of how many moving pieces were in Battlefield 1942. You had the 64 players and their vehicles. That's it. Okay. You have literally everything in this game. What? That's like. What's uh, everything? Constantly- Just there's
0: some random AI gazelles with no AI. So those don't take anything. Please don't tell me. They 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 take something. Oh, no, they don't. Everything. Well, what do they do? They Whatever probably have isn't. pathing, like auto-adjusted pathing. There's no. There
4: are literally thousands of objects in this game, if not
2: more.
0: But like, They're just entries millions. in a, d- in a in the world. They're an Excel in sheet. The world is gino- ginormous.
4: I, I don't think you're comprehending how much it takes processor to render millions of things at the same millions. time. Millions. I don't, I don't know. know it could be millions there are at least thousands in the thing right. that we've seen at least no, tens no. of thousands of
0: objects how many does Rust have gumbo maybe you know how many players does rust rust supports up to 400 players 400 and how old is it those it's servers must be fucking years.
3: laggy as the laggiest who cares how long is? it's been
2: I've out the rustified was never that laggy and it was up to 300. Wasn't
0: 400, 300. was not it
2: yeah it was 200 or it 300 it's in there but they had the service support. i've seen service support more i'm right, gonna see
0: what rust came out anyway that's why I'm just saying it's, it is a little inexcusable. It is inexcusable, actually, but it is a lot. Why for can't really it just game. be this? Ready? It's a relatively small company, Funcom, and they don't know what to do when it comes to networking.
3: You I, were right, Omar. It's
0: 400. They, they offloaded it. That's why. They offloaded it to uh, Ping
2: Perfect, which is actually a very ironic name because the ping last night was not perfect, well, despite listen, the name well, of the well,
4: server. The so we're, we're, they're pretty sure that the lag is related to Battle Eye. Um,
0: but look, that, that's, you know, again, that's their fault then. Guys, remember, we, we kind of do this all day. We have the time. We have the, you know, we, we're into it, right? We paid 30 bucks. We played. If the average guy, you know, he's, he works eight hours a day. He's got to put the kids to sleep. He pays us 30 bucks. He plays this game. He, he couldn't play last night. He just wasted no. 30 bucks. That's, I think that's a, if you go to a restaurant and you, you make it wait two hours and then they don't give you your food and charge you 30 bucks, you're going to be pissed off. You're going to rant. Gonna you're going to, you're <laughs> going to leave reviews on Yelp, you know, all this shit. So but I don't. everybody think... knows this. Every gamer every... knows it launches their shit. We know. Or I get that. But it's gamers not, it's, know. If you're charging 30 bucks, okay, it's got to at least function. Or, or you know what? Uh, give us some kind of rebate or discount. Literally
4: every buy-to-play MMO launch has charged more in the case. In most cases, and they ran even worse. The servers would be down for hours at a time.
2: Yeah, it's I normal. Mean, I'm just saying.
4: It's it's. I can't, this is not even. We can't let this be normalized.
2: I, this is not I, okay. It's okay, not okay, but, but it's normal.
4: It's literally okay. impossible...
2: It's not impossible, please! ...how
4: many people are gonna be playing. It's impossible.
2: I don't buy that. I don't think I don't it's impossible. It. impossible. Alright, anyway, regardless. Let's let us Cobra past it, boys. Alright. Conan Exiles, I had fun. I'll probably play playing tonight as well, so... It's, uh... I had a lot of fun with the game. It's good stuff. But then, I like survival games, so if you like survival games, check us out when we stream it, or just buy it yourself. It's 30 bucks. We're
1: we'll gonna stream uh, tonight, right?
3: Yep. I want to point out, they actually have a timeline for early access. Last one in Conan Exos. It should release in a year, so you could wait a year, and uh, hopefully the full game will be there. Yep. But I wanted to touch on uh, on something else. Something I think that will touch all of our hearts. Okay. Uh, And it has to do with a famous little game, and boy, hold on, it's right here. There it is, I just found it. But a little game called Battleboard. Now, recently, if you don't know, Battleborn is uh, tied to the video game personality Randy Pitchford of uh, Gearbox. And he, he he's a bit of a, notar- a notable person, a little centric. And he had an interview with Glixel, which is a, another website, in which he discusses Battleborn and along with uh, what it means to succeed or fail in the gaming industry. There were a few interesting points, because when Battleborn released, there was a lot of comparisons to Overwatch, and um, he talks about this that in the interview. So it's interesting to see his thought process as it was going on. And actually, Pitchford claims that when they found out about Overwatch, he basically said, "Oh shit, you know, we're we're in trouble." <laughs> um, and I thought this quote was interesting. He says it's kind of a bad strategy to try to be the best uh, at a thing. The better strategy is to be the only people that do that thing. And he's absolutely right. And that was, That's I think. True the problem we saw was when Overwatch came out, you had Overwatch, Paladins, Battleborn, and I'm missing something, aren't I? There's something else in there that I'm not getting. But basically, all these games came out at the same time, and Battleborn, which is a different game, and I played it, couldn't help but get compared to Overwatch. So it just ended up looking like subpar Overwatch, and he kind of chalks up the low player count to, to that in part. And I do think that there is some fairness there. We can go into talking about Battleborn again briefly, I guess. Uh, And I thought this was the best quote, and this is actually a great quote that applies to anything, anywhere. Sometimes we'll have things that we think are failures, and the outside world looks at it as a success, and sometimes we have things that we think are successes, and the outside world might look at it as a failure. And he's absolutely right. And um, Mm -hmm. it was a really interesting interview. I'll link the article in chat. Oh, Lawbreakers is another one, but it's not out yet. They made the smart move, and decided
5: to wait <laughs>
3: what's up with sister? lawbreakers anyway was there anything going on with that uh, no no news
4: in a while it's now. still in development they're working on it they're just keeping their heads
2: down i really like that quote though it's it's kind of a bad strategy to be the best of a thing the yes. better strategy is to be the only people to do that thing and that's awesome actually that that's you know that's i mean it seems obvious but yeah you want to be the only one making a you know a hero shooter but then they got compared to
3: overwatch and you know they're, they're screwed And that's probably why, so if you don't know, Gearbox had also made Borderlands. And, I mean, Borderlands was really the only Borderlands out there, and that's probably why, in part, why it was so successful, even though it was uh, predicted to be a failure. So um, they were trying, I guess, in the end, Battleborn was born out of the idea to let's be the only people doing this, let's invent this genre. And then Blizzard ended up saying, "Well, we're going to do the same thing. And uh, there you go, they got pushed
5: out.
1: Mm-hmm. It, it's actually literally what happened with us too, because we we all played Battleborn in that Sunday Fun Day, and yep. we enjoyed it. We enjoyed it quite a bit, and then it was just like, oh, Overwatch is out, and we Later.
2: Still yep. Because
1: <laughs> it's like you're gonna pay for one, because they were, are they still? They are right still. What? Um. Still. Are they free now? No.
0: No.
2: not free. No. no. Are they never will? No. They never that's not,
1: free. That's a bad decision, but okay. <laughs>
2: I think it's yep. still full price, too. Yep. No, it's 30 bucks. 30 bucks. Wasn't it a 60 at launch? Or was, was... Yes. Yikes. Like, and Battleborn
3: like why? is...
1: Why? I, I, I don't understand. Well, we've had,
3: you know, we've, yeah, we've... we've delved into that countless times. Huh. They are working on a new project, by the way. There is something of experimental direction coming out of the Quebec Gearbox office. So I think that Battleborn is shelved, and it's just going to stay the way it is, and they're going to move on to whatever's next, which I, I can respect that.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: Guys, there's no way Lawbreakers is just still in <laughs> development, okay? There's no way they're not just waiting for the Overwatch hype to kind of die down a little. They
1: can, they, can be the, they can be the free one. They can be the free one. No, no, they're
0: not gonna be free. free! Oh my god. Yeah, we talked about oh this,
2: yeah. Why? That was my exact reaction to you, but we'll see how it goes.
1: No like, chance. are you just, like, suicidal or something? Like, I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's 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 throw down against blizzard you know in, in the exact same thing oh my god
2: whatever. it's not the exact just, just right. that's also the thing too it, they were never the exact even you know battleborn was not exactly like at all like overwatch but they get, they do get compared
1: I mean it's it's the same feel I guess I shoot so if, if a shooter. I wanted to that's play like Characters. that kind of game you know did
0: we mention mm-hmm. the overwatch numbers uh so there are 25 no. million uh players right now which I guess means at least 25 million sales game sales yep uh, that's up from twenty million in just October, uh, which leads me to a question for everyone here. Imagine you are Nexon or Boss Key Productions. Okay, you got Lawbreakers, you got the floppy disk in your hand. It's complete, one hundred percent. The floppy disk. Do you do, right. you, do you do you put it in a boot now, or do you want to wait till those numbers, at least for Overwatch, stop increasing? You know, just stabilize. What would you do?
3: Apparently, uh, what
0: they're going to do is do a beta in twenty seventeen. okay? <laughs> Don't I'm be in beta again. What, that I means, you? Yeah, what would you? Yeah. What would you do? What would you
3: do? I would say, well, shit! I already put all this work, and I got to release at some point.
2: But let's assume it's already done. It's done, and you get to pick when you launch it. Would yeah. you launch it right away or no? That's
0: my only question. Let's say everything—hypothetical—everything is done. Yes. I I would launch it eventually as well. I mean, you might as well. You, you'll get something. No, because by
3: the time the hype dies down for Blizzard's title, my game will be dated and, and worthless. So, so you, you, you now. launch now. You launch now. You gotta launch.
0: Okay. One more.
2: I say launch now. I think Overwatch is going to get more hype later, not less hype. Really? So I, I, don't, think, I,
0: I don't think you'll have a better window. But, I say okay, go do it now. Okay, you had fair it. enough. You had it. I guess I'm the only one. Uh, I guess Matt's on your side as well with that.
3: Aaron would wait 10 years and then release
0: <laughs> his game. There's,
4: there's really no point to waiting because games age so quickly. Yeah, I mean, yeah. There's yeah. There, there's no choice.
0: Yeah, just, I agree. Just, just fall on the sword. Get it out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I
1: mean, I'm good. Agree with that? <laughs> Alright,
0: all right. I guess I'm the lone voice there. Alright, that's all. That was my only Well, point.
1: It's because people become more and more ingrained with the game, and people are stubborn. They're going to want to keep doing the same thing in general, I think.
0: I can already plus, see the plus headlines. It's, it, plus,
1: it's, it's, the, it's the friends aspect, right? It's like, if you have all of your friends playing Overwatch, you're not going to play some other shit, to be honest.
2: Mm-hmm. I also mean, awesome. before, you know, I mean with the Overwatch thing, their numbers went up from twenty million to twenty-five million. But let's be real, how much of that was due to the holiday push, right? They they literally discounted their game for the Origins edition and the regular editions like a lot, like more than they ever did before. So they sold a lot of discounted sale copies of the game basically in December. I think they didn't I mean once the new year rolled around. I'm curious to see what that number will be at the end of this year, right? It's 25 million in the middle of January. Let's see at the end of this year what it'll be. I don't think it's gonna go up that much more. Really? I, mean, I think most people that bought it. They bought it at launch or at sale price, right? They'll, they might do future sales, right? But I think from, from here on out, the growth is going to be slower. But I think the ecosystem will still get bigger. Because I think the people that bought the game will be loyal to the game. That's why I said the game will still be bigger. But I think the sales of actual copies will go will be almost nothing this year compared to last year. That's my thoughts. That's why, you know, I, didn't, I, I was talking about free-to-play before. But, but I thought so, you
0: said it was going to go free-to-play. Wouldn't that boost the numbers?
2: No, oh, yeah, it will. They'll okay. do if it goes free to play. It, it'll boost numbers a lot, because I think their their retail box sales will go down so much this year that they're going to go free to play. Because there's no reason. To, I mean, people that wanted to buy the game bought it. It just seems like there's not that much more like pent up demand than just waiting to play at, at a lower price, because they could have bought it at the sale price.
0: All right. Well, time will tell.
2: All right, I want to. I want to take this to Kickstarter, guys, because. Uh, Last week we talked about uh, one Kickstarter which I thought was pretty uh, pretty pretty sketchy and about how I think Kickstarter should be done. And this will give an example of a good Kickstarter. Because look, MOS.com is not about shitting on Kickstarters, all right? We see good good Kickstarters and we, we talk about them in a positive light. All right. This is like literally like the most one of the most perfect Kickstarters I've seen. Because they're actually it's not even live yet, by the way, but we're showing this off. It's a Kickstarter for a game called Ruin. Which is, it has a similar art style for, uh, what's the game, uh, Battle, Battle Rite. Rite? But it's, it's a little bit like Warlocks as well. And the cool thing about this Kickstarter is, uh, they actually have something. They're not asking for money on a bullshit, uh, just engine assets of, of environments. They have a real <laughs> game to the point where, like, they have an alpha that's basically ready to go. And you can see some gameplay over here, too. Everything just works, you know? And we'll be getting keys for this game as well to, to play it and check it out. But this is when, like, if you have a game that works... And you have something to show off, then you can ask for Kickstarter money, and no one's going to make fun of you, all right? But if you're like the actual creation people, and you got nothing but some uh, some
0: environment assets, I'm going to poke fun at you. You know, uh, I know these guys are geniuses who made this game because uh, they, for their art asset, for their digital copy of the game, in their Kickstarter, they use a floppy disk. See, great minds. <laughs> there you go, floppy disk. You're right. It is a floppy disk. Right there. <laughs> Oh, they're also smart because
3: uh, they looked at Battleright and uh, Warlocks, and they said, okay, let's just do that. And uh, <laughs> okay, I can get behind that, sure.
2: And this would also really like, uh, if you read their little story, I mean, obviously, we don't, I don't know how true it is, right? But if you look at the team, this is like the most, like one of the most perfect stories of how indie games like can get made. Obviously, it's, it, it, I'll put a caveat at the end. The, the studio behind the game, there are 12 developers who met during game development education in Sweden. It's a group of students, basically, going to university. Like, they, they were doing some project, they were having some fun. And then they're like, okay, we should make a game. And these kids are just working together in school. And then I guess during their off hours, they worked on this project. And when they had something, you know, then they're asking for money. I don't know if they raised money in the past, but basically they they did it without Kickstarter or anything like that. They just kind of got together and just put in their hours. So what is a game? It's just literally hours of grind between the the, the artists, the designers, and the programmers. And their students, so they have that time. And they just kind of did it, you know? And now they're asking for money once they have an actual project. So I can really respect the
3: process these guys did to get on Kickstarter. You mean you can respect that somebody goes to Kickstarter when they have something playable? Right? Who would have guessed? Well, I didn't know that you could do that. Well, I didn't either because look at this game. that We have another
2: game uh, called Marikia Online that emailed us today. Uh, Somebody told us to check this game out on Kickstarter. Mecria? Mecria.
3: Murray boy look, look at Murray. these look at these art assets.
2: Yeah, There's basically nothing here. Look you play that video, they have a they have a lot of like flavor text and art, but there's no gameplay. Literally They have the uh, Dominatrix
3: class here at the bottom. I see <laughs> what? that you well, this doesn't look like a Dominatrix to you. It looks like a Dominatrix to me. Scroll down. Rate right yeah, the fucking yeah. SoundCloud. I can see it. Click on the Kickstarter page too. Oh, okay.
2: But they have they they spent all this time writing about classes when they have no actual gameplay. I, mean, I, I get they gotta do some design stuff first, but like when they have when they have really nothing to show off but some environments that they can just slap together in Unreal Engine, it's it's literally nothing at this point. Like, and they said they worked on it for like three years when they first like came up with the idea or something.
3: But they worked on on this little river for three years.
2: Uh, apparently, yeah. I looked on their official page where they, they talked about you know when they, when they did it.
3: Yeah, no. No, thanks. There's nothing here.
4: Wow, Yours I per- couldn't even read the logo in the video when Erhan put it up. It like burned away before the full like... <laughs> text came up.
2: <laughs> you pretty funny too? On their FAQ on the homepage, it says they're gonna have a beta in 2017 or an alpha. But I'm pretty sure they just didn't update that from a while ago. And the current release schedule is to be released in 2018. But if you look at the Kickstarter, it says 2020. So it's very clear that none of them, like, they they clearly even think about it. Because they said early access and beta will be in 2020. Look at the pledge page. It's 2020 for beta slash early access. But on the official website, it says 2017. Maybe they, they put this website up, like, ages ago. And they just never updated it.
0: Yeah, that sounds right.
2: But this is an example of a bad Kickstarter, all right? These are, the, these are the kinds of Kickstarters that I have no respect for and will make fun of. And I will never publish stuff about this crap on MOS.com because... I don't want to hype games that have nothing, you know. When you have something, we'll hype your game, you know, if it's cool. I'm sure there's some cool ideas, but, like, get to a point where you have something,
3: and then we'll talk,
2: you know, we'll Can hype I, your I game. I want
3: to read this sentence. Go for it. How do you plan to handle hypersexuality? Okay, fine. Blah, blah, blah. Female gamers make up 40% of our community. <gasps> no, no, hold on. But I want to get at what community? You don't have anything. Like, how do you have a community? Oh, they said of our Right.
4: Hey, 40%. Of five people,
2: <laughs> there you go. That. Yeah, th- that might be it. <laughs> but like, I hate that when they throw those numbers around too, because it's you know they they always use oh gamers uh, girls like half the gamer market, but then they count all the girls that play Candy Crush. Like okay, yeah, but that's not what we're talking about, you know? That's not the, in the context we're talking about. who going to play these open world PVP games?
3: It's not forty percent girls. I'm sorry, it's just not. So the point is, be like ruin, uh, have something. Yes. If you're gonna if you're gonna get Kickstarter for potato salad. Prove to us you can make a potato salad, and then I'll fund you, you know? But, don't but the, don't yeah, pretend.
2: <laughs> I think the real cringe here, let me see if we can find it. Do we have a – no, no. They, they do list the people that work on it. People – they do list the people that work on there. But they, they didn't mention on the Kickstarter, like, who's behind the project and stuff, which is unfortunate because they could at least sell some credibility then. It's true. But, yeah. Bad Kickstarter, good Kickstarter. You see what – you know, you see the difference, all right? And we're not against indie games or kickstarters in general just have something please that's all i ask
0: i have a fun little tidbit about uh one of gumball's favorite indie games uh slither.io Ooh, baby i do love slither so why don't you tell us how much money this game is making uh slither.io is
2: the crazy snake game and it makes a hundred thousand dollars a day hundred thousand we've all played it at one point it's just a fun browser game and it makes
0: more money than probably most of the more we cover on infamous dot com. This is quality, all right. If you can't, if you can't match this, you know, don't even, don't even pitch your project, all right. If you can't match the sheer <laughs> will of this game, I do love Slither. Uh Take it because a uh, great game, one of my favorite games for sure.
2: <laughs> that's uh, that's oh my god, so much money. It makes make thirty six million dollars a year.
3: By the way, here's a pro tip. Uh, I don't know if this is is wrong or not, but I'll share it. Uh, the way they make money, I guess, is by selling the skins. So if you pay, if you donate, you get like a, a skin pack to customize your worm.
0: But there's a plugin that just does it for you. So, I mean, if, if hold you hold Every time I play leather, what? If you use the plugin, only you can see it. Not other people, right? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Well, yeah. Maybe they the
2: plugin too. If they the plugin too, maybe they can yeah, share. Yeah, maybe. Yeah.
0: I want everyone I mean, to see it,
2: but you can you can you can use custom skins in League and probably Dota, and only yeah. you can see it because it's custom just on your client side. That's like the benefit
0: of buying the skins. Everybody can see it. Gumball, you're you're underestimating how vain people are.
3: No, no, I I don't think I'm un- I don't think I'm. Um... Well, okay, maybe I am. Yeah,
2: you're right. I'm- <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's let's take it to. Uh... The dual universe online. Not dual universe, uh, hyper universe. All these universes, all right? Too many. Hyper, I think that, that was pretty big news this week. Yes. Well, what's the news? Matt, you can take it.
4: All right, so hyper universe, the side-scrolling MOBA from, uh, Nexon and that other company I can't remember the name of. I'm my so man. Sea Wave Soft. That's it. Okay, so, um, it's coming to the west. And it's coming to the west really soon. Like PAX South, I'm pretty sure, is going on right now, and they're demoing the English version there. I mean, it's it's already being demoed, and they have its site up, and you can sign up for beta. It's a real
3: surprise, I gotta say. I did not expect that to happen so soon.
4: I can't imagine that the localization costs are high for a mobile like this, especially one that doesn't have a whole lot of lore. Wait, I lied. It has all those little segments where you uh, play a certain amount of matches, and you unlock like a little visual novel, wow, visual novel chapter, mm-hmm. with like two or three characters that talk together. So maybe there is a little bit to it, but I imagine that most MOBAs don't have a high localization cost.
0: Yeah, I guess yeah, not. I mean, like,
4: yeah.
2: This is the first Nexon Korea game that we've played. Uh, we did a Sunday Funday video for this one too. It's you know it's the first one that's actually making it to the West. And it's a side-scrolling mobile. I think it's one of the first mobiles to do that as well. We had, we had fun playing it, so... I think this has enough <laughs> to differentiate itself. It's still obviously a hyper-competitive market, so it'll be rough. I uh, I can't wait to see what the input delay is going to be like
5: for mm-hmm. the
4: North American version, because it's pretty bad for the Korean version. Like It's adaptable, but I don't think you're ever going to be able to be competitive mm-hmm. if you play a character that's not like super easy and has low APM. Because mm-hmm. ultimately... You're going to have to hit those in a certain order and it's going to have to work. So, I mean, I just I'm wondering how bad it's going to be here. And I mean, I'm 90 percent sure that the reason that happens is because movement is handled server side. So as to keep people from any like client side hacks in this competitive of a game. But it still remains to be seen, like how it'll work out over here.
0: right. Uh, This is one of my top anticipated games for the 2017. I got to say. Really? It's 2D. So. Wow. This is becoming
4: a meme. This is becoming a meme.
0: (laughs) I heard really likes two (laughs) D.
5: It's it's this is is a very
0: digest. Yes, Terraria. I love Terraria. Uh, it's very digestible if it's two D. I mean, regardless, it's a fun
3: game. I I enjoyed. Even I enjoyed playing it. I think I think I enjoyed myself during the stream. But I did have fun. Uh, I, I bet it does well just for being different.
2: Guys, okay, I have a theory.
3: Go
2: ahead. I have a theory. Right. Uh, on slightly related theory, all right. Maple Story 2 is also going to come this year. Because listen, mm. remember, uh, well, first of all, this moving uh, to to the I west is good news. It shows, I guess, Nexon wants to push more of their games to the west because they published this in uh, in Korea as well. And obviously, Maple Story 2 is owned by Nexon as well and developed by them. And they actually remember we talked a couple, I think, a month or so ago that they hi- they were hiring a producer for Maple Story 2 in their California office that position is no longer available. So i um, the assumption is it's filled. So they got somebody to, you know, work on next mm. maybe, at least they got an official producer in the, their US office in California working on MapleStory 2. So I think that will be the next uh next on Korea game that launches uh in uh, in America. And I think if if that's the case, that would be my most anticipated game. Cuz I think it was a lot of fun. I was playing the Korean version, but obviously it's it's rough in uh, playing in Korean.
0: So looks like what? a good year for Nexon. Does this count as a two D game for you, Erhan? I'm curious. Uh, Maple two. Yeah. This this it's flat. It's flat. This will pass you... muster only because it's uh isometric. Can you move? Can you like? You can climb. You can climb. You can climb and jump. And jump. Yeah. <laughs> it's
2: three g- D. It's three D.
0: Okay. It's two. It, I'll, I'll say two point five. I'll go with that old 2.5. two point two five. points 2.75. 2.75. two point seven five.
2: Two point seven five.
0: Two point nine. Two point nine. You uh, should pre- start making our own dimensions. I prefer MapleStory one graphics. I'll I'll just say it. <laughs> a full two D true uh, truest yeah. Purist?
5: <laughs>
0: but I still want to try this. It looks fun. It looks cool. It looks yeah. cute. You know, I want to try it.
2: I got some. I got some fun news. Did you know the first uh, League of Legends pro uh, athlete? they they got they got a a brand ambassador for Gillette. What? Gillette is sponsoring. Oh, the
0: player. wasn't
3: and Gillette I... at uh, hmm. whatever last gaming? What's the what was the last? Was it Pax? Oh, they had a oh no, there was a shit Quattro razor. Never mind. Go ahead though.
2: But so the sad. shit, I, I'm I linked you guys the the commercial they're gonna be uh, probably running on TV right and whatnot and ads on esports. Like, does this really make you want to
0: use a Gillette razor? Oh my god, it's, like, it's pretty cringy. I can be as precise out, as he is with the mouse, guys.
3: If you're if you want to be a pro gamer and you're worrying about your Gillette razor, you're not concentrating on the game enough, and you're never going to be pro. If you're spending time shaving, you're not gaming. You're kicked off the team. All right.
4: The, the, this is going to sound really uh, pretentious, but I, I have I take issue with the fact that they called him a pro
2: sports athlete. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Yeah, it is
1: kind
2: of weird. Pro esports athlete. All right, come on. No, it just
4: said pro sports athlete at the beginning or end. At the beginning. Watch right there. <laughs> it says ready for oh, e-sports. One. Never mind. There's, There's the, e. it, it There's the it's, okay. it's
2: it's mini. But it, it just like so silly. Like I'm I'm with Gumby. If you if you're worried about shaving, you're not taking your game seriously, right? If you're worried about bathing, you're not thinking you're gaming seriously enough. All right. If, if you're if <laughs> you old enough, pro, you can't be gaming. If you're old enough to you're grow facial hair, going to the toilet, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: if, if you're growing facial hair, you're already too old to be a pro. So just just give it up. That,
2: that that's true too. <laughs> wow. Also, you're probably <laughs> not Asian
0: if you have facial hair, which means you're also
2: disqualified. <laughs> 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 it's it's a silly ad. I mean, I, I don't know. Do you think like this kind of pro- pro- is like effective at all? Anyway, I don't know. That was um. a funniest story. And why Gillette? Well, like I get like energy drinks, right? Because, you know, or the like sodas, invested, yeah. or like keyboards, right? Like I get it. Like you want to say XPK only uses Razor, blah blah blah, right? I get that. People will buy that that product, you know. And the mouse I have is endorsed by Doublelift from Lee. That's not why I bought it. He endorsed it after I bought it, but like I get that.
3: Why Gillette? Because Gillette. Had a meeting. They're looking at their numbers, and they're like, "Oh shit, we gotta get the young people. How are we gonna get the young people? Oh, games, video games." I said, "Okay, what do we do?" And then, and then they sponsored uh, esports, I guess. No, they you're, you're to... going,
1: you're going about this all wrong. Okay, this is how the meeting went. Okay, they we sat around in the room, <clears throat> and they said, "Hey, what demographic has lots of facial hair and doesn't <laughs> shave? Huh?"
3: Neckbeards. That's it. We That's go for
1: the neckbeards. Damn, beards. fucking right. <laughs> <laughs>
3: What this does do though is uh it's just another it's another signal of uh making esports and and gaming i I don't know what the right word is mainstream or getting it in the public as being like a a generally culturally acceptable way to to do something Mm -hmm. it's gonna make games you're gonna see you're gonna see shit everywhere this is just the beginning this is the the harbinger of uh Budweiser getting a deal with esports next and they're gonna make sure you can only drink piss beer at a at, at esports events. Do you think like we'll see stuff like you know, like
2: late night T V always has like commercials for bail bonds? Like expect like you have an eSport athlete, like, yo, yeah, I was in jail, then I called like one eight eight bail bonds and they got me out quick <laughs> so I can go back to
0: gaming. That lol Tyler guy Tyler guy will be like I got banned <laughs> yes! I got banned by Riot, but I just called one eight hundred bail bonds. <laughs> Tyler um. Bond would be a great
2: spot great like face for like a bail bond company sponsoring like video games i don't know it'd be dude, beautiful dude,
5: how
1: great that that that'd be a sick uh, business idea you, you get people on banning games you're like a fucking fucking gaming lawyer you got the hookups you know you're like
2: the gaming me. lawyer you
4: know? all right uh, hmm. please stop replaying this video watching the stream right now is really trippy <laughs> they did make it very trippy
2: the video there's like all these lights everywhere <laughs>
4: I feel like I'm like drunk at a club right now, like all, right, all guys, the strobe right. lights and
2: it's just like flashes of stuff going on. Alright guys, let's say you're a big company. What company would, would, is going to sponsor like an athlete next? Like what's a good product to sponsor from hmm. like one of these esports guys? Some, something serious, not like the super bail bonds idea. <laughs> Besides, no, Besides, game yeah, no computer stuff computer stuff. Okay. Yeah, so no I, computer stuff. Yeah, no
0: technology let's say. Alright, or beverages. Those are too easy. Okay, yeah like Red Bull and stuff, we already have that. Hmm.
4: All right, so wait, what was the question?
2: All right, what- What like company going to sponsor like an Pizza. athlete? What product- Pizza. Oh, pizza's not bad! Pizza. Wait, What? No, you guys, you're thinking what it's
5: too many question. All
2: right, what, 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 what like company going to sponsor an uh, GM GM. Deodorant! Deodorant! Yo, the what's chat's for... going wild! Deodorant!
0: deodorant. Deodorant's <laughs> good, deodorant
2: is good. Deodorant <laughs> is good.
3: Deodorant <laughs> was, like the perfect one. Adult diapers. Adult diapers. Piss jugs. A new line of piss jugs, just for gamers. Taco Bell would be good, too. <laughs>
1: You make, like, a new uh, company where you don't have to leave your chair to pee, it's just like a tube, and it, like... <laughs> you be, you just pull it, you just put your pants on, you just, like, stick it in, you never have to take it out.
2: We, we've seen, like, joke I've pictures like it. that before. Hmm. i got it. Ikea. Hmm. Ikea?
4: Why? Ikea? Why? Cheap desks and cheap chairs. That's not bad. Yeah.
1: I, I- don't know, the chairs that I like, hear are not edgy enough, they're not those fucking racer, racer seats, <laughs> bucket seats, you know, cause, what? You, cause, cause you really need that when you're gaming, you know, <laughs> watch out for that inertia, you
2: know? Okay, shoot. Sure. You, you touched on a point which I wanna I want hit on real quick. What is the okay. deal with those gamer, those need for speed gamer, need for chair gamer chairs? What the fuck? <laughs> Didn't you want one at one point, Erhan? L-
1: listen, no. listen, I understand if, I hate you're those. A, if, if you're a driving sim player, then okay, okay, you're excused, right? You're a mm-hmm. gaming sim player, but, but what the fuck, man? You don't need the, the bucket seat to, <laughs> to, to play some League of Legends or some shit. It's like,
2: <laughs> I don't get that either. I mean, this website is huge, too. Those chairs are not cheap, you know. It's called Need for a Seat.
1: Seat. Well, link it up,
5: link it
0: up. I linked it up. You know, I'll go one, I like the name. I'll go one mm. higher. I don't get the whole red, green, <laughs> blue periphery, peripheral thing. I installed the Razer uh, software just so I could disable the lights on my mouse. Because otherwise, it is a rainbow uh, slide of, of colors on this mouse. Like, why? I, I don't want to be
4: blinded. You, you, you are, every Razer product lets you set it to one color constantly, right? Like, no,
5: I, I don't want any colors.
4: But, look, look, one color. <laughs> all well, the time. But he why?
2: Of colors, though. <laughs> it, I, I don't mind it, because it's not so bright, but I don't like... I'm not a big fan of the the colors on the peripherals. Because... I don't want all my keys to glow. Holy the people
1: shit, who buy sevens? them are stones. Fuck, dude. $300? You can get a fucking Lazy Boy for that much money. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh my god,
3: dude. I think that they just they just give a lot of big Twitch streamers their chairs, and then it just looks like everyone has one. I see these knockoff brands on Amazon all the time. Like, when I was looking to buy a chair when I forgot my big and tall chair, uh, this was mainly what I saw when I was looking for them. All, all knockoff brands. I almost got one from China, but... <laughs> I, need it, I, need it, I need a chair for 250 and up. Uh, that's, that's where
2: the comfort's at. I, I agree. You want a comfortable chair, just buy a big and tall. That's, they meant for yep. fat
0: people, but it's still wonderful. I mean, Oh, it's
3: so comfy. <laughs> All right. This is
0: my favorite picture with DX Racers. I'll put it in the stream. So this guy, uh, he photoshopped a DX Racer onto his stream to make it look like he's sitting in one. <laughs> what? And Why you, would you do what? that? And you can tell because you know what? There's supposed to be a hole. like uh, uh, This is white background. So you just copy No. <laughs> oh
3: no! I see it. Why would he do that?
2: <laughs> that is so cringe. That's he really looks hilarious. Like a pro gamer. He's he looks he really wanted it. that chair. He just could His mom wouldn't buy it for me. Just really wanted it. <laughs> oh no. That's wait, cool. Wait, wait, what's going Look at the stream. I can't... The picture.
1: I can't see the stream.
4: Why would you Photoshop a fancy chair?
2: Because
4: oh, that's, the that's what the pros use.
3: Yeah. He's a he's a big time streamer.
1: <laughs>
4: Holy shit. He should have should put like right behind them Like they're saying in chat Donate so I can actually own this chair
1: Dude look 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 dude You can get this chair You can get that chair for like less Than those chairs and That Guys, chair I... is gonna be ten times better <coughs>
0: Dude this chair's got two two out of five stars True, I don't know Oh
1: does it two out of five yeah.
0: stars Not doing it for me sure not doing it for me I just look
1: at the look here. Here, just well, I
0: think this might be a piece to call it. I don't think you guys want to get back no, to No We got
4: more cringy. We got more cringy. All right. Cringy
0: than I like cringe. I like cringe.
4: All like... right. So I want to mention this because it's hilarious. Okay. So Mark Kern has taken to garnering interest in his project Ember by offering free shit to ex Firefall players. Like he's giving ten dollars, ten dollar <laughs> credits to anyone who played it in 2015 or before. And he's fully giving a credit, like for the entire cost of Founders Packs. So (laughs) can we just talk about this? So basically everyone who wanted a real Firefall, if he ever actually provides it, he's basically giving it to
0: them for free. Wait. so, okay. So the people who bought the Founder Pack get it free. Everyone else gets a $10 discount on a game that is not going to come out for God knows how long. Okay. Yeah.
2: There you go. The game is God knows. So he's not really giving
0: anything. Yeah,
2: but, fake credits, but it's funny
4: I just, it. I just think it's funny because he's implying that they deserve a refund for oh. something that he screwed up but is no longer involved with.
2: He wants to make it look like he's the good guy in this situation, all right? <laughs> he's like, they fucked it up. I got your back with my game, which is again, God knows how long away. The and the, the funniest
4: part though is that Firefall has like no players. It's clearly if it's if he's being clever for once in his like entire mm-hmm. existence, he's actually being clever. He's trying to subtly diminish Firefall's brand by implying that there's something so wrong with it that mm-hmm. somebody that's not involved with it believes that they need a refund, right?
5: <laughs> so if he's
4: actually being clever, he's diminishing the brand. But the thing is, there are only 100 players concurrent every day or so. He doesn't need to diminish the brand. Yeah, like, what is 70. he doing?
2: Yeah, <laughs> He he just wants the attention to get like oh I mean it worked we wrote about the article after he he because pulled Because it's stuff. so
3: funny, it's embarrassing. He's <laughs> a
2: genius. He's clearly a genius marketer, right? There's no such thing as bad publicity. Somebody said that before.
4: <laughs> it's embarrassing though.
2: <laughs> it's funny. Ember, yo, know, I, I look at their uh their like crowdfund videos. There's nothing yet. The game is like literally like one of these. It's no better than some of these other kickstarters we've seen. There's there's nothing yet.
0: You at mean- least. This 18 yeah. second video isn't selling you? No, it's not.
4: <laughs> okay, here, here. Here's my call to Mark Kern. We make calls to people all the time. Finish the goddamn pen and paper RPG or tabletop RPG or whatever <laughs> it is before you start the video game. <laughs>
5: <laughs> Get what is what
4: attached do do? to the universe?
0: <laughs> What's with the name? It's like EM8? You try to be R- hip. Okay. Okay, but
4: it's even more cringe. Okay, so it's both Japanese-inspired and Western-inspired. So the logo has both a revolver and Japanese text. There's literally (laughs) nothing cringier than I have ever seen.
0: So I'm trying to, like, navigate their website. Is this an official site, or is this, like... No, it's official, I believe. So why is their avatar... That's
4: not the site. That is not the site. That is the get your money back through our, like, third-party thing.
0: Why is their bot avatar, like, this, like, seductive-looking, like cam girl picture I don't understand
5: uh, it,
0: hot girls focused well with gamer that's Game their future right? booth
4: that's the future booth girl okay <laughs>
0: <laughs> I' see that
4: you know they're gonna get kicked out of the convention like those other companies did for putting scantily clad women in front of the booth
3: dude can I call being the MMOs.com booth girl yes yeah, so you
4: can be the MMOs.com booth girl
0: I'll even show some cleavage no problem It'll
5: only if
3: you let me dress you up. We'll yeah,
0: make- yeah, that's
1: fine. Alright,
0: alright, alright. I-, I agree. But <laughs> I don't think is, is this website's weird. Like, why, why is this picture of this girl on this iPhone? Like, <laughs> hold on, hold on, please. Oh, oh,
4: wait, no, okay, it's on the iPhone? Okay, so I've got the real reason. They were so lazy when they were setting it up, they didn't change the stock photos.
0: <laughs> like This is so weird. Oh. Yeah. yeah, you're right. If I just didn't change the stock photos on this uh, template. All right.
2: All right. Can you please just do everyone a favor and find that booth babe? The cringe booth babe video with like the twelve year old guy, a like, kid looking at the the booth girl at the all right, all right, what right. was it? At some like video game conference. <laughs> it was that was probably the funniest thing I've seen in like such a long time. I think actually China, um, China banned booth babes. Really? At, at gaming expos because like it was corrupting impressionable teen gamers. <laughs> I agree with that. But, like the Chinese booth babes were like re- top notch. Like look look at the. Like, if you search China Booth Girls, you find like some quality pics, alright? I'll drop it over here if you guys want to take a look. They really like, really upped their game. They were like, they had lots of girls too.
4: We've also got some other big news for you guys already.
0: Let's do it. Yeah, we gotta
2: show off that cringe video real quick, it's amazing. We got...
1: I only like when they have costumes, otherwise it's...
4: it's weak. I just, I I think it's funny. I think it was E3 that some companies actually got kicked out of for Booth Babes. They they took it too far, yeah. They took it too far. I think it was lollipop chainsaws. I can't. Remember.
0: <laughs> All right, found it. Yep. All right, this is, I, th- I thought this was hilarious. All right, let me start it over here. Okay, here we go. It's pretty short anyway. Yeah, yeah. it's so, pretty cringe. So there's a girl dancing, you know, in like a you know revealing top, short skirt, and she's just surrounded by uh, these like twelve year old kids.
2: Oh yeah, I remember see this, right. Look at the kid's face in the back. The Wait, what
4: right. even is this? I don't know, it's so awkward! <laughs> look at, for a key. No, I, that's not what I mean. I mean, in the background, I see thermal tank,
2: I see... <laughs> morePG MMRPG,
4: That's not MMORPG.com's logo. Something
2: else? No, something... Look at these
0: kids! <laughs> <laughs> Alright, Amari, you got what you wanted.
4: Oh my god, this is beautiful. Alright, so, uh... Moving back to <laughs> MMRPG now. She's really into it. Go
0: ahead. <laughs>
4: We would be remiss if we did not mention Elder Scrolls Online Morrowind. So people mm-hmm. were right. There is going to be a Vvardenfell DLC. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, because I, right. it's been a long time since I've played Morrowind. But, um, this is such a major expansion that it's going to cost $40. And not only that, it's not going to come free with ESO+. Plus. You actually have to buy it. I'm sorry, guys. You can't be subscribers and get it for free. Um, mm-hmm. So They're going to take us back to Morrowind. It's going to have the same geographical layout as the Elder Scrolls III. Um, It's going to take place 700 years before the events of Morrowind. And it's going to have iconic locations, characters, and storylines. And it's going to have a new class called the Warden. And since we all know that every class has a lot of freedom, basically the hook for the Warden is that it's got a bear companion. It's got the war bear. Mm -hmm. so it's gonna be the summon slash pet class
0: uh major expansion it's unfortunate that even subs have to pay for it 40 bucks but they did say it's gonna be their biggest new zone and it's first time they add new class a new class so
4: (coughs) it sounds like it's gonna be huge yeah like Mm -hmm. it's huge and i mean it's it's not a nostalgia thing it's also this is a lot of content for the game like the dlc that we got it costs like somewhere between like $15 and $25, and they were substantial DLCs, but that's how they made their money. Like, they didn't, they either let you pay a sub or they let you pay for the DLC. I mean, mm-hmm. the cosmetic stuff and the cash shop didn't really, like, I don't think Elder Scrolls is doing as well with the cosmetics as everything else is. So mm-hmm. that's how their business model is built. Um, this is going to be a major expansion that's a lot bigger than that. It's going to be, the biggest thing they've added since launch, so.
2: All right. well, I mean, we'll, we'll see. see, yeah. 40 bucks is reasonable, too, I mean, if you can I mean, like, you know, it used to be a subscription game, and, you know, subscription games, like, wow, and they do charge money for expansions, and to get how much you're getting, it, it does seem reasonable. Uh,
3: how much uh, does uh, Final Fantasy 14 sell their expansions for? I
2: 40. It
3: was... Oh, well, there are Kevin's
5: word
4: is 40.
2: How much is Stormblood? Because pre-orders actually <laughs> just open, opened up uh, last, last week.
4: Fuck, I don't remember. I think it's 42.
2: I'm gonna fight. Yeah, it's it's holy crap. Is it? Yeah, it's 40 it's 40. So yeah, that's why they priced it at it. That seems to be the, the the default price.
4: Yeah. So I mean, it's it's standard. I mean, it's a AAA game. It's made by mm-hmm. Bethesda, which are huge. I mean,
2: mm-hmm.
4: it's it's basically what you'd expect.
2: Yeah, one of the most expensive MMORPGs ever developed. So yeah, a AAA I think applies quite literally here. And it's uh.
4: It's also coming out June sixth. We didn't specifically say that. So June sixth, you guys can look forward to the Elder Scrolls Online Morrowind. Cue I think Morrowind
2: to bring a lot of nostalgic people back
0: to the game too. Morrowind
5: was my
0: favorite one. Mm-hmm. Well, so we'll be getting a new game, but unfortunately, we are losing an old one, guys. Club Penguin is shutting down.
2: Rest in pepperoni. Now, this is a, this, uh this this
0: hit me hard, you know, guys. I used to I actually had an account for this game back in back in the day. This was that's very pay I... to win. You could you could do anything for free in this game.
2: Dude, that's where I picked up all the girls, man. There goes my dating site. I There's remember that. <laughs> it's a it's been around for like over about over 11 years, so the yeah. cool thing about Club Penguin was, you know, it was obviously a kids game, but it introduced a lot of kids to MMOs, you know. And that was like the gateway drug for like other <laughs> MMORPGs. They they, get, they become
0: addicts after that yep um they finally said you know what out with the old they are making uh some mobile version of a new mobile mo- version of uh club penguin but, yeah but you know it won't be the same
2: rest of pepperoni club penguin and disney paid 350 million dollars for that but i guess it did not work out no nope. we'll see how the mobile one does well Who it knows? might
4: have worked out just fine they might just be taking it and using the license instead yeah. for something it may make them even well, more money
2: they didn't because the way the deal was it was a seven hundred million dollar deal when it was announced and there was a like, They pay half up front another half if they meet certain targets, but they didn't meet those targets hmm. So it didn't meet those at least their expectations they might have still made money on it You know who knows but it didn't meet those targets Okay, we got to touch one more thing one one tiny smidgen thing. All right. Oh, I had another big thing uh, I'm seeking a tiny thing Elon Musk. All right the billionaire investor entrepreneur who made SpaceX Tesla PayPal, guess what? He plays Soldier 76 in Overwatch. Yep. I play
3: Soldier 76 in Overwatch. What does it mean? Well, let me point out that Elon Musk said he's, he said, I'm embarrassed to admit that I play Soldier 76.
2: Right? Let's not worry let's, about the details. Let's make sure we
3: nitpick Elon Musk's reluctance. For he said it was his dark minutes. secret. His right. dark? This is Elon Musk's dark secret. So, Soldier so in other 76.
4: words, Elon Musk recognizes that that's the easy mode character.
0: Oh, no, 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 no. That's the all-skill character. <laughs> so you heard it here first. If you want to be a billionaire, you got to play Soldier 76.
3: That's what I took away from this.
0: That's my takeaway, too. I'm I'm on the path, boys.
2: Playing the right hero. All
4: right, so I wanted to get around to this because we don't hear a lot about it. So Age of Wushu 2, they had... a. Uh, 17173 had an interview with one of the developers the producers Zhu. Zhu i don't know i'm not gonna butcher it whatever something genhua um and we got some real details about age of wushu 2 for like Ooh. the first time you know okay so it sounds like it's going to be more of a survival game like dark and light and arc survival evolved because there are going to be no main quest or dungeons the Mrs. model will be different from that of Age of Wushu, as will the core gameplay, which mm-hmm. we've already heard rumors that it might be buy-to-play. Um, players are not going to be limited in the way that they play the game. There's not going to be a main story. It's going to be kind of like Conan Exiles, I think. It's That's how he's describing it, where there's going to be like a background story that you explore organically. You don't get forced along it. So mm-hmm. maybe you just find things, like kind of like in Conan Exiles, you go somewhere, you hear a voice talking to you, and, I mean, maybe that's how it's going to be. And the emphasis is going to be more on the behavior than the end goal of specific action. Like, he said that in um, Age of Wushu, as an assassin, you might be, like, required to spy on an enemy. And the way that you do that is clearly defined by your abilities. But in Age of Wushu 2, the, the focus is going to be more on how you go about doing it. Like, you have all these different ways in front of you, and you have to choose your path to it. To, and you have to choose how you would be an assassin. But also, life skills are going to be completely open. So it's not going to be like Age of Wushu where you had a certain amount that you had to go through. Like you had limits. You, you don't have to choose to be a certain profession. You can do whatever you want as long as you have the required resources. So it sounds a lot like a survival game right now.
2: Sounds awesome, actually. The pure sandbox elements, so Very cool.
4: And, um, they, they said specifically that they want to focus on the sandbox elements because... They thought that mixing a Wuxia MMORPG and a sandbox game would create unbalanced elements.
2: It's good to see Chinese games are innovating now. You know, we we I think typically people do view a lot of these Chinese MMORPGs as basically just knockoffs slash you know remakes of Western stuff. But no, this seems to be that they're doing something completely different. I mean, an MMORPG with sandbox elements. It's gonna be, I guess, the dark and light comparison makes some sense. But I guess I guess probably more grounded in MMORPG elements. So sounds really cool. Pure sandbox.
3: Wait till we find out that uh, this is actually just another art clone, but uh, <laughs> it's, it's it's just going to be uh, martial arts space instead.
4: Wouldn't that be hilarious?
3: Uh, it <coughs> it would it would make sense. I, I'm all for it, making sense.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: But yeah, um, we got some real details. So I mean, we're starting to see a clearer picture of what Age of Wushu Two might be one day.
2: <laughs> that's pretty funny uh, everyone's commenting on the stream about who are those girls on that website because these a lot of these uh, Chinese gaming yeah. sites have a lot of like cosplay girls and like you know semi nudity stuff on their web it's almost like a uh, tabloid it's pretty funny
5: oh yeah I see that <laughs> there's
2: a few western sites
3: that try and replicate that too
5: mm-hmm
3: Well, I think if we're seeing uh, half-naked girls on Chinese websites, I think that's uh, pretty much uh, (laughs) where we uh, segue to the after show.
0: That's a a good... uh, (laughs) If if you're listening to this and you want (laughs) to see those girls live next time, do watch us on Twitch, uh, 4 p.m. Pacific time on Tuesdays.
2: I'm going to find this article with these girls. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna view these Chinese girls, all right? On, on, it's, a, it's on a gaming website, so it's allowed. But anyway, well, later for you. Too. All right, take care, guys. See ya.